What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hi there, modern lovers. Has the dating game ever made you feel like you were losing your mind? And if so, let me tell you something. You're not alone. Whether you're divorced and working to get back out there or still looking to meet your life partner, Dating's kind of a universal stressor. I know because I was out there and, you know, half the time I was thinking, really? Are you kidding? It's Mm -hmm. tough. It can lead to some pretty warped ideas. And tonight's guest has some secrets that are going to help you to eliminate the angst that comes along with dating. She says mindful dating can help you to feel more in control, less hopeless, increase your enjoyment, and Best of all, reduce your anxiety while you get your flirt on. I'm going to introduce you to Shaman Ajen, an amazing psychotherapist who'll provide, I'll say, beyond an explanation for your dating difficulties. She's got some real solutions and offers practical exercises to create real change regardless of your age, ethnic or religious background or sexual orientation. We've got something for everybody because that's what we do here at Modern Love. We know that when you learn better, you love better, and that real love accelerates when you've got the right tools in your toolbox. So we've got everything from our true love, true prosperity, mastermind program, to monthly, day-long intensives, to online resources and seminars, to books. And we bring together, of course, our secret sauce. You all know this, psychology, science, and spirituality to help you create massive change no matter where you are on your dating, marriage, life partnership, breakup to breakthrough journey. So visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or join me, for goodness sake, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, March, excuse me, that would be May 13th, we have a very special guest, Marcy Shimoff, joining us for our full-day intensive training, What Mama Couldn't Tell You About Love and Money, Five Rules to Live By Now. And most of you know that Marcy has sold over 15 million books worldwide in 31 languages. 
She wrote six of the Chicken Soup for Women's Souls books, wrote Happy for No Reason, Love for No Reason. If you've seen the movie Happy on Netflix, Marcy is one of the producers, the impetus behind the movie, and the narrator. So let's get right into tonight's topic. We have our dear Dr. Brenda question, and keep those questions coming. I love answering them. This one says, I'm a 27-year-old woman in a fantastic relationship with a man who's five years older. I could fill volumes of all the things I love about him. My problem is I make more money than he does. He's a hard worker, and he constantly says things like, you're going to leave me for someone who makes more money than I do. Your parents don't think I'm good enough for you because I didn't go to college. My parents don't care about that. They adore him because he makes me happy. I've tried telling him, convincing him, is there anything else I can do? Her, she signed what to do in Pacific Heights. Okay, that's here in SF. That's a really nice area there, Pacific Heights. So that tells me you're doing quite well, and there's nothing you can do to make your partner feel he's worthy. That's an inside job. And he's going to have to get to work and figure out why he feels he's not good enough and that the only worth he brings to the table is a man, as a man is money. And, of course, men are programmed to feel that their worth is money, so he wouldn't be alone or be that unusual. But the important thing is if he loves you, you love him, you can communicate, I would suggest the two of you get into some coursework together, maybe even some relationship training. And he's got some work of his own because this sounds like a self-esteem, self-worth issue. So let me tell you about our guest tonight who wrote the book, Seeking Soulmate, Ditch the Dating Game and Find Real Connection. Shaman Ajin offers a friendly, funny, and informative approach to dating. She applies evidence-based theories of cognitive behavioral therapy, what we call CBT, mindfulness meditation, believe it or not, very powerful practice to help you quell negative behaviors, thoughts, and patterns that actually get in the way of your dating. So we're going to welcome to the show right now Shaman Ajahn. Hey there, how are you, Shaman? Hi, Dr. Brenda. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm glad you're with us and stayed up late because you're on the East Coast. You That's right. It's past my bedtime. I've got a five-month-old <laughs> baby at home, and I sleep when he sleeps, and so I've had to take oh. a, an extra shot of espresso, but I'm here, and I'm ready to talk. Oh, good for you, and congratulations Thank on your you. That's wonderful. Great journey. Now, oh, what yeah. got you interested in writing about the dating game? How did you come up with a book called Seeking Soulmate Ditch the Dating Game? You know, I have a psychotherapy practice in New York City, and I tend to get clients who um, want to find somebody who feels they can relate to. So lots of uh, women in their 20s and their 30s. Um, and as you know, in your 20s and 30s, you are oftentimes looking for relationships. And their dating lives weren't the primary reasons that they were coming in to see me, but over time we started to recognize that dating was causing them a great deal 
of stress and anxiety. Um, and after I kept seeing this come into my office over and over and over again, I realized that this is a real issue that people are dealing with that really needs to be addressed, and we need some new tools out there to be able to Absolutely. help people now, manage it. Absolutely. Now, do you have any issues in your own dating life when you're out there? Of course, yeah. I mean, I relished dating. I loved it. Um, I didn't always love it. Um, early on, my my teens, um, it wasn't quite as exciting. But as I hit my 20s, I really kind of hit my stride. And I found dating to be empowering. I found it to be fun. Um, and I really hit my stride when I moved here to New York City to go to Columbia for graduate school um, and really thought of it as a way to kind of get to know the city more. And as I did that, I uh, got to know myself more, and um, I really enjoyed dating, so I like talking about it with my clients. So for you, you didn't have the stresses that your clients had, but you identified they had those stresses. Now, when you compare your mindset for dating, was there something that was different for you versus your clients who were stressed out about dating? I think the main thing that I see is that I looked at dating as an opportunity. Um, it was a chance for me to connect with somebody new and see whether or not there was something there. I think I, what I noticed in a lot of my clients is that they have a whole lot riding on a date, on connecting with somebody, on meeting with some, somebody and making a life with somebody because they're getting older, they need to get married, they need to have kids. There is a need there. There is um, a, a, a clock that is working against them, um, and there is a sense that you know everything is riding on this one interaction with this one person. Yeah, you know, I've seen the same thing with clients of mine of any age, and the people that come to our seminars are often people who have actually given up, who are now in their 40s and saying, I'm never going to find anybody. I just give up. Dating's not for me. I've worked with one person in her 50s who's part of our, our uh, training program who is now, I'm happy to say, in the relationship of her dreams. But a lot of times as people get older, they just say, well, I guess there's nobody out there, and they give up. Have That's you seen right. that also in your practice? I've definitely seen that. And there's 40 million single people out there, and they're not all young you know, people in their 20s or people in their 30s, you know, we, we've got 50% of marriages ending in divorce. That means that we've got a lot of single people who are in their 30s, who are in their 40s and 50s, and even in their 60s. I see, um, you know, clients come to me who are, you know, baby boomers who are single and, and want to connect with somebody. So there's no shortage of um, eligible um, partners out there, it's a mindset. It is all about the way that you're thinking about dating and what your possibilities are that hold you back. So when you say a mindset, what kind of mindset is holding people back? Because you actually have what you call the top shaman's top five cognitive distortions. About That's right. Dating. That distortion, I was thinking, disturbance in the force. <laughs> what are those distortions? So so in CBT, we have cognitive distortions, um, and that's just, you know, a fancy way of saying a warped way of thinking. And there are lots of different ways of um, warping your thoughts, 
but what I have found with dating um, is, you know, uh, certain ones come up more often. Um, and for a lot of my clients, there is something called catastrophizing happening. And that is <laughs> where you look at the worst possible scenario, um, and that is the outcome that you are focused on. And if you are focused on the worst possible outcome, then your date never has a chance. You start off already mm. with a disastrous outcome. Yeah, um, like no I, opportunity. I've been talking to somebody who comes right out and says, there are no good men in mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. And that would be a good example, Shaman, of what you're saying. There are no good men in California. So guess what? You mm-hmm. live in California, and if you believe that, you're not going to meet anybody. That's so right. that would be catastrophizing. You also talk about what you call should statements. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's, you know, a pretty common one. We should ourselves all the time. You should be um, thinner. You should look a certain way. You should talk a certain way. And if you are constantly shooting yourself, then what and, you're And doing, you know what? It feels just like what it sounds like, the other one. <laughs> What was that? I'm sorry. I said when you say you're shooting yourself, I said it it feels a bit just like it sounds. You're you're making yourself feel really shitty. That's right. <laughs> you know, and it's it funny, my mentor. Right. It doesn't have to be exactly in those words, right? Sometimes we can substitute um, the words you have to or you must, but the idea is that you have a rigid way of thinking about how you should be or what you should be doing. And these statements that you are repeating to yourself over and over again limit your experiences and your possibilities. Now, do those also extend to rules that the other person should follow? Like you meet somebody and their table manners aren't what your mother taught you they should be. That's Do they right. extend to the other person? They can definitely extend to the other person. That's a, such a good point. And that oftentimes comes up too. It becomes a deal breaker for you when you think that somebody should act a certain way. They should tip a waitress a certain amount of money. They should pull your seat out. They should do these things um, that you have identified make this person worthy, make this person a viable partner for you. And you could be overlooking tons of other great qualities that this person has because they've done this one thing wrong in your eyes. Exactly. And, you know, I have seen that. I really have seen that so often. And, you know, what I found, and I'm curious if you found this as well, I found that the people who've got the longest list of shoulds that the other person has to meet are people who are really scared to get into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if you have a long list of, um, of, of what your person must have in order for you to be with them, then nobody is going to measure up. And so that keeps people at a distance. No one is now, good enough. Now, what is the mind you? reading phenomenon you talk about? You talk about mind reading. Right. So that is when you are with somebody and you assume you know what they're thinking. And so it's not really um, 
um, an idea to you that they could be thinking about something else. You have it in your mind that you know what they're thinking, and you become reactive to that. Hmm. That's really dangerous because you know what? If you're thinking negative things about other people, one exercise I did when I first started training so many years ago, I was uh, working with my mentor, uh, Dr. Virginia Satir, and she had us do an exercise called Mit Whom Am I Having the Pleasure? And the exercise was to imagine what you thought somebody else thought about you. And I came up with this long list of negative things I thought other people must think about me because my self-esteem was in the toilet. And then she just busted us and said, whatever it is you think other people think about you, those are your thoughts. That's right. And that sat me back because I had to really do some work. So finish up this list of the top five cognitive distortions because there's only one more you haven't given us. And everyone, I do want you to really keep these in mind if you catch yourself. Actually, there are two. You've got black and white thinking. That's right. So that is where you think in kind of uh, polar opposites. Either it's right or it's wrong. Um, It's good or it's bad. Um, And there's no room in between for any gray area there. It's all about extremes. And so either the person sitting across from you is a good person or they're a bad person. And if you get any indication that they're a bad person, then it's over. There's no room for them to show you anything else. You've already closed the door. The opportunity is gone. Yeah, and, you know, you gave a funny example that I love. I'm completely ruining this date because I didn't know anything about the Yankees. (laughs) I thought that was great. True New Yorker. And do you know anything about the Mets? So (laughs) how about the the very last thing on the list is overgeneralization. That's right. Overgeneralization. So that is, um, I think, one that we all can relate to. We all have done each one of these distortions at one time or another, but I think overgeneralization is one that um, most of us can really relate to, and that's where we see one particular event, a negative event in particular, as a pattern of defeat um, or failure that is never going to end. So instead of it being possible um, for there to be more than one answer, you take um, experiences um, and you relate them back to that single negative experience that you had. Um, and so at any given time, um, you can be triggered by an experience that leads you back to this other negative experience. Yeah, like the person have, who says, what's the point of dating? I only meet jerks. That's right. Exactly. So now you have put everybody into one category. All so now, guys are jerks. Tom, All girls are jerks. Right. So give us an example. Tell us a story of someone that you worked with who may have had, you know, one or more of these cognitive distortions, these negative beliefs about dating. How do you help them to move forward and get into a mindset where they're open and capable of actually dating and finding 
someone who's a good partner. You know, it's so rewarding to be able to help somebody be able to identify the ways in which they are sabotaging themselves. Um, And one person in particular comes to mind. I do a lot of work with uh, female adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And uh, this particular woman was a survivor who had given up on love. Um, She has had experience after experience of um, dating men who were abusive in some kind of way, Um, not necessarily physically abusive, but emotionally, um, psychologically abusive. Um, And she had done what we just talked about. She had put all of her dating pool into this one category of being abusive jerks. Um, And so... What she really longed for was a relationship. We all long for relationships. We're human, and it's part of the human experience to be loved and touched and connect with somebody. And this is exactly what she wanted, but she was afraid. She was afraid to be hurt again. And so what we did was really work on some of these negative thoughts that she had about her ability to be in a relationship, about other people's motives, Um, about um, her dating pool in general, and we created a little bit more flexibility in the way that she thought about things. One of the the things that I really identify um, in a lot of my clients is rigidity in the way that they think. There is a fixed way of thinking about dating or people that they're dating. Back up for just a second, Shaman, if you don't mind. When you discovered that she had this idea, did did she come to understand that she had the idea because of having been hurt and traumatized in a sexual way as a child? So she came in pretty insightful. Not everybody has, you know, insight from the get-go. It's something that you can learn um, and you can identify uh, with, with treatment. But she was pretty aware of... Um, the 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 walls that she had up, how guarded she was, and she was aware that she um, was um, had withdrawn from from dating, from being around men in general because of the trauma that she experienced. Yes, certainly. Mm-hmm. So, what tools were helpful to her? What did you do that really helped her to move forward? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I. Appreciate. I just want to flag something you said that I really appreciated, because when you said everyone wants connection, we are all hardwired. You know, I'm going to geek out here for a minute because all of our listeners know I'm the world's biggest geek and started in hard science. We have hormones for bonding. Our nervous system is set up so we can bond. We have all kinds of feel-good things that happen inside us when we do bond and connect with another person, and it's absolutely one of the cornerstones of good health. So if you're sitting on the sidelines, I want you to make a note of the things that Shaman is sharing with us tonight and be very, very, very conscious that there is help available. You don't have to give up on love. Anybody, the oldest person I ever worked with, Shaman, was somebody who was 78 years old. Wow. She's a widow. That's and she wonderful. Came in and said, Is it too late? In fact, that's not true. I actually worked with somebody recently who was 85. 
who said to me, is it too late for me, Doc? And I said, are you still breathing? <laughs> and we, she went through one of our training workshops, and guess what? The next time I saw her, she was with this man. She said, oh, I'd like to introduce you to my new love. She said, he's only 76. I had to get a younger man. <laughs> a a so cougar. It's possible for anyone. So I'm going to circle back to you in one minute because everyone wants to hear your answer on how you help someone move out of fear and rigid thinking and to be avail- being available for love, being available. So really quickly, we're going to take one more dear Dr. Brenda question. Uh, it says, I'm considering marrying a person who's divorced. We get along great. I love and trust him. Is it ever appropriate to call the ex and discuss her side of the story? Or should I ask my boyfriend what she'd say if I were to contact her? Covering my butt in Colorado. Well, honey, sit on your butt. Please don't say your butt. Don't call his ex. That would be the highest level of betrayal because everybody knows that there are two sides to the story and most likely the ex has a lot of distortion. So I would not recommend it. Part of trusting someone is trusting that if you ask if he's learned what he needed to learn from that relationship and that he can tell you what those lessons are and that the two of you together on your own journey will keep growing, keep learning, keep moving forward. Looking back and asking the ex to give you an accounting I think would be a colossal mistake, just huge. Don't go there. All right, so Shaman, everybody, we are talking with the author of the new book, Seeking Soulmate, Ditch the Dating Game and Find Real Connection. And our guest is Shaman Ajin. Now that is spelled C-H-A-M-I-N. Her last name is A-J-I-A-N. And she's got some great advice if you are afraid to get yourself out there and really win in the dating game. So what's the secret for you, Shaman, when you're dealing with somebody whose rigid thinking has dialed them out of finding love? So one of the things that happens when you are dating and you're you're experiencing distress or negative thoughts or feelings is that you protect yourself. If something is unpleasant, then why would you want to do that thing that's causing you distress? Uh the number one coping strategy across the board under any circumstance is what? Avoidance. And so mm. what I challenge a lot of my clients, this client in particular, um, but a lot of my clients to do is to be open to the feelings that come up in these uncomfortable situations. I give my clients the tools to be able to manage these uncomfortable feelings. And I give them the tools they need to be able to handle the negative thoughts. And so for somebody who is avoiding dating, we take it step by step, slowly, but we get back out there and we practice um, 
being Shaman, what are some of the tools that you recommend to help somebody get comfortable who's been okay. afraid to get back out there? That's, that's a great question. Um, practice makes perfect, I think. And so, you know, we start off small um, by going out with friends and chatting with people, um, not necessarily being on a date, but starting up a new conversation with somebody. And when that happens, you're going to experience anxiety. You're going to experience maybe a little bit of worry. Um, But we will um, beforehand work on some tools to be able to identify when you're starting to feel that way and and what you can do in that moment to manage it. And so one of the, I think, most important things is to learn how to be in your body and understand what's happening in your body, and we have all kinds of signals. We have our emotional feelings, we have our physical feelings, um, and we've got our thoughts and our behaviors. All of those things are happening in our bodies and with our bodies, and once we can tune into that, then we can intervene in, on, on each one of those levels. And so, so one somebody, of the quick things, because we only have a couple of minutes left, and I want oh you no. to get the last word here, Shaman, because there's so much to talk about. When we talk about fear of dating, we talk yeah. about people who've got all these thoughts about themselves. I, I was working with somebody recently who said, I'm just too fat, no one will love me. He said, you've mm-hmm. got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many people who are absolutely turned on by somebody who's a big boy or a big girl. Let's get over thinking I'm not lovable and projecting that. So for you, for somebody who's feeling anxious or who's got negative thoughts going through their mind that they're not good enough in some way, what's the number one thing you would recommend they do? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that really blew my mind was was recognizing that, Thoughts are not facts. To me, yeah. that was amazing to understand. I I had I learned that thoughts were not facts, and then I had the thought, oh, you're so stupid for not having recognized that earlier. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> so hold there. I think we had more time. We have to leave it there. Everyone, what you can do is, you know, I'm all about building a library here at Modern Love. We all need to learn when we learn better, we do better. Pick up Shaman Ajahn's book, Seeking Soulmate. Ditch the dating game and find real connection so that you bet she has and get over the negative thinking. So thank you so much for joining us, Shaman oh, Ajahn. A, it's a pleasure. This was a right, and every, great experience. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. My pleasure. Now, everyone, coming up next week will be Marcy Shimoff. And she is going to be next week our interviewee on May 9th and also our guest on May 13th. She will be Skyping in live from overseas. You'll be able to talk with her, ask her your questions, and experience her amazing energy. Whenever we have her as our guest in our classroom, you can literally see and feel her energy jumping off the screen. So it'll be a great treat to have Marcy with us. Look up her books, watch the movie Happy prior to the class. And if you want to join the class, which is all about what Mama couldn't tell you, about love and money, five rules to live by now, then 
follow the link on Eventbrite to register yourself, or please send me an email at love, L-O-V-E, at docwade, dot com. All right, till then, modern lovers, I love you all. Blessings and a big thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeBron Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning. Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.